When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, season one listener favorites, Tamara McMillan and Shana Hammond. Hey, what you drink? Okay, I'm going to admit that I've been looking forward to this conversation for literally five, six months because you guys, this is going to be a number of firsts. There's a couple of firsts here. If I were to tell you that we were going to have a repeat guest for the first time, that would be a first. And if I were to suggest to you that the repeat guest was none other than mic drop Tamara McMillan herself from the beginning of season one. I can already hear the applause. I can hear the applause and that's what's going to happen. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Not only is there going to be one guest, I'm also bringing back Miss Shana Renee Hammond. I know this is crazy. I'm going to give you guys a minute just to get yourself braced. <laughs> Ladies, come on into the room. Come on into the room. Tamara, Shana. Hello. Hello. Okay. All right. All right. So this is going to be craziness. When we first thought about this idea, I think the question was, is the world ready for both? Shayna and Tamara on the same podcast episode. And my answer was no, absolutely not. Emphatically no. Emphatically not. <laughs> we about to find out. Oh my gosh. Oh my we gosh. Are. But hey, you know, let, let's do it anyway. And, you know, we can't get started without me asking at least the first question. We're going to get this first question out of the way. Okay, yay. Uh, and I'm going to start, I'm going to start with Tamara. So Tamara, what you drinking? Right. Starting with me, 
for real, H2O. You know, <laughs> this summer has been warm. You know that black girl magic is real, right, Shana? You know I got to keep yes. that glow on fleet. <laughs> you know black does not crack, so we need to be able to stand on that. So I am drinking H2O right now, bruh. Okay, well then Shayna. All right, then I'll go. I'll come to Shayna. You know, H two H That's that's not bad, right? But Shayna, I'm gonna come to you. So what what you drinking, Shayna? We are kindred spirits, clearly. Lemon water, just like the first episode. <laughs> Same reasons, keeping it consistent. All right, all right. Well, that that just you you know what that means. Then that means that I'm gonna have to come pretty hard. What you got on tap? I don't usually drink scotch i just have not really stepped up to the scotch game i think i'm actually kind of nervous about scotch uh, nervous? but since Uh-oh. this is a special conversation i reach for some single malt scotch whiskey this is some uh balvini caribbean cask 14 year i have not hit this very much but just to get ready to have both of you ladies in this conversation that's what I'm going to go for. So let, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and see if if this actually still works because I haven't opened this in a long, long time. Right. Yeah. Sounds I think, good. I think I think this will work. I think this will work. Let's get into this conversation because, you know, I, I know both of you relatively well, and you know, I, I'm not going to do too much recap. I'm just going to tell our listeners that you have to go back to season one and check out the individual conversations I've had with both of these ladies. And when I first met each of you, I think I've said to both of you, you've got to meet this other person. You have several times. Yes. And and (laughs) it's like anytime Shana had a program, I would text that program to to, to, uh, Mara and say, you've got to be a part of this. And anytime Tamara was anywhere, I'm like, Shayna, you, you, got, you got to check this out. And finally decided that the best way to get you two together was to create my own daggum program. <laughs> so here we are. And so I just wanted to stop gushing over you and just ask, what is it that, I'm going to start with, with you, Mike Drop. So what is it that you may have picked up when you heard anything or heard me talk about Shayna or shared anything that she's worked on, what was it that you picked up from that that helped you understand why I was thinking, oh my God, these two ladies need to meet each other. And Shayna, you got a reprieve here. I'm gonna let you go second, but I wanna hear from Tamara first. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So. You know how we do it in the speaking world. I'm going to go hip pocket um, because I believe that's the one of the only way or one of the many ways to have authentic and raw conversations. And, you know, I do not mince words. I go straight at it. But one of the things that I will say, and I even remember, so putting it all out there, Shana, I told um, Galen, I was a little jelly because he was like, you have to be a part of Shana's program. It is amazing at this. And I'm like, Okay. And not in a shrinking kind of way, but like, wow. So 
the thing that I knew about you even before going to your website, even before having the exchanges with you via emails and even text messages was that you were about your business, you were laser focused, and you were about the result for your constituents, your participants, and the individuals that came into your space. And for that, I salute you. Hey, girl. Hey, I love everything about what you do. Oh, thanks for seeing me. Thanks for seeing me. Listen, indeed. You know what? And, and thank you for, you know, that, because I think what happens all too often in the noise, especially as black and brown women who stand in our truth, most times individuals want to placate us off our position and not see us. So it's my responsibility as a black woman to see you, even if okay. we don't even have appropriate alignment or even if, you know what? I don't really understand or feel what you're doing. I'm going to celebrate you because you are putting it all on the line for something that's bigger than yourself. And that I appreciate immensely. Thank you. All right. So Shana, now, now back at you because yeah. definitely talk a little bit about the connection that you believe that I saw between the two of you. And then also I just, one of the things I'd love for you to react to, because I, I, I know a little bit about the programs that you run, and I just really would love your reaction to what you just heard Tamara say, because sounds like she attended one of your programs. <laughs> <laughs> and and this, is what, this is what I was talking about. I mean, without actually being in the same space, mm -hmm. you know, the energy is just so consistent. I would just love to get your reaction to that. Yeah, I think in a word, authenticity. Like that's what I feel from you right off the bat right now. And that's what I felt from Galen when he talked about you. And I think that's probably the, the common thread between both of us, that we've made a deliberate commitment to be mm -hmm. our full selves no matter what. In our work lives, personal lives. And to hear you say you know, you could feel the commitment to the people that I serve, like that's huge, <laughs> you know, to who they are, to the result that they're going after. I mean, that's at the forefront of my heart, my mind, my spirit, everything when I step into, you know, a space with my folk. And so I was already excited. I was <laughs> like, anybody whose name is Mike Drop <laughs> connected <laughs> um, knows exactly who she is, whose she is. <laughs> And it's speaking authentically because that's when mic drops happen, sure. when we're in alignment with our purpose, with who we are, with a force greater than ourselves. So I was like, let's get it. She's obviously kindred. Wow. <laughs> and again, thank you for seeing me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get back into this because uh, there, there may be some people who are hearing this episode for the first time and, and they're just not used to me gushing as much as I have already, right? Because I, I usually try to keep that smooth demeanor pretty front and center. Right. Uh, so Shana, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to go first okay. and just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we'll come, we'll come back to Tamara, but just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then the connection that you and I have, because yeah. uh, you're, you're probably one of a few people that I talk to pretty consistently. And mm -hmm. you know some things about me and what I'm trying to do that very few people have been as intimate with trying to help me get there. Mm -hmm. So just share a little bit about 
about who you are? Yeah. So I run two organizations. The first one is called Lead for Liberation. Been running that for nine years. And it's dedicated to really helping organizations, school districts, nonprofits, uh, really demystify and operationalize liberatory cultures. So moving away from white supremacist culture traits, really understanding what exactly is meant by that. Oftentimes it comes up unintentionally and then how to more intentionally move towards liberation. So that's my first company. My second one, um, I started in 2020, March 2020. And it's Shana Renee. It's a coaching practice specifically for Black women in leadership. And we host a group coaching opportunity called the Indigo Women Group Coaching Experience. And it is my like heart, my joy. I love to do it. I wake up all the time like I get to do this every day, work with dope women from all across the country to center self-care as their catalytic strategy for you know the results that they're going after, both in their personal lives and in their professional lives. And you and I came to meet, I don't know, all the years in this kind of pandemic reality are kind of meshing together. I want to say two to three years ago, I forged a partnership with Goldman EI, Emotional Intelligence Program, and I became what's called a metal coach. And I also became part of the faculty. And so part of what I did was certify coaches in emotional intelligence coaching. And one of the tasks that I had, probably the one I loved the most, was actually coaching other meta coaches. And my last year there, Galen was one of our meta coaches. And as soon as I met Galen, you know, Galen has this big presence about him, you know, and we just hit it off right away. I was like, okay, I, I get what you're trying to do. I talked to him a little bit about my business. It was right before I started Shane and Renee. I was trying to figure out exactly when to do it, how to do it. And he said, you know, we have this uh, mastermind group, Peter and I, um, and we're wondering whether you want to join that group. Um, and I'm like, of course. He's like, you know, we do twice <laughs> a week. Uh, we talk about our businesses. We hold each other accountable. We can, you know, why don't you come on and, and see what it's going to be like with us? The hilarious thing is I always tease both of them because when I came on during the first meeting, you know, they had been meeting for a long time, you know, without me. And so, of course, I brought a new dynamic to the table and they both were very much like, you know, this is a trial, you know, we're going to see how this works, <laughs> uh, you know, on both ends, we're going to see it. I'm like, yeah, OK. But immediately, you know, they welcomed me into the fold and we have been consistent. I mean, every single week we rotate hot seats, meaning, you know, when you're in the hot seat, you get coached by the other two on your business on whatever dilemma is going on. We all have, you know, a dilemma we bring to the table, but we're all amazing coaches. So we think it's one thing, but then of course, mid-session, it's something very, very different. <laughs> Those conversations get kind of warm, don't they? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I need more than lemon water for those kinds of <laughs> That's why you saved it, right? <laughs> exactly. I knew what I was doing. So, so Tamara, I mean, so talk a little bit about, because we had kind of a similar meeting a similar connection I, I don't even know when it was it might have been 2018-ish something like that but just tell a little bit about how we came together and uh the work that you do and just how this energy that i just was drawn to how this energy became just part of you right because this is not something that you put on for for podcasts or you put on for speaking engagements <laughs> on a tuesday morning at six o'clock <laughs> 
six o'clock in the morning, if you call Tamara like I have done, right. you get this image. You get right. this image, you get this energy, you get this is who she is. So talk a little bit about how we came together and what you do. Wow. Well, thank you again for that, both of you. I just, again, to be in this particular space um, is humbling and I am truly grateful. Um, I think that the universe is always working on our behalf to ensure that we get exactly what we need when we need it. And thank both of you for pouring into my cup. So know that, again, I will forever be grateful and will always take care of this particular space in this conversation. So building on, um, again, what has already been placed on the platter from us to feed off, we could really just drink for the rest of the, the 15, 20 minutes. But Galen and I had an opportunity to come into contact with one another, intersect a beautiful collision, I would call it, when we were in um, National Speakers Association. And then inside of that, there are affinity groups. And we were a part of the affinity group for Black speakers. We know that there's something just magical again about our flair, our flow, and definitely our swag. So the group was so large and McNeely. And again, anybody who's ever heard Galen on any platform and is his girl after again, his two favorite and is it. So yeah. and then broke the massive group up into smaller groups and Galen and I plus um, some other dynamic individuals, Michelle, um, Sir Charles, and some other people ended up being in the same group together. So you know how the saying goes, all things are relative and nothing is coincidental. We were meant to be. Mm -hmm. And then after the sessions ended, we stayed together because there was so much chemistry. The synergy defied description, and we ended up starting our own company, minding our business. We were even talking about, we did podcast as well. We did, you know, some other things about possible conferences and merging our conversations, but then COVID happened and everyone was put in a position to reposition. Mm -hmm. So um, we've stayed connected. I will call Galen up. I need your ear. Can I get on your calendar? He's like, absolutely. Again, to his account, he would do the same. I'm like, absolutely as well. So that's how Galen and I have come to be. And that's why we are thick as thieves too. <laughs> and our own, again, duo. And then with the other um, two dynamic individuals. So I'm going to talk about two of the spaces that I occupy because they are, again, near and dear to my heart. But again, Shayna, it's just going to blow your hair back because, again, talk about kindred spirits. So the first space is I am an award-winning adjunct lecturer. I teach for three different departments. But the thing that I want to highlight off of my sister, Shayna, is my pedagogical platform is liberation yes. based off of Paulo Ferreira in the pedagogy of the oppressed. So if we don't do it, like, boom, drop okay. my pow, there it is. Because yes. I believe in teaching my scholars about agency. The majority of the institution that I teach at is the most culturally diverse of all the 64 SUNY institutions. So they look like me. So I show up, I come again with the stilettos, the tight jeans, collar pop, 
raggedy t-shirt or graphic and let them know it's going down. And then they go, one of my scholars like, yo, I stayed in the class because you were black. Because sometimes it's the first time they've had a black professor. Then they had a black professor like me from the projects who say I'm from the projects and let them know you will not mispronounce my name. Then it's on. So I love that space because then they get really the opportunity to stretch out and own their raggedy, own their positioning and own the things that they have been feeling, but haven't really been given the opportunity to lay them down along with their burdens. So that's the first space. Then the second space, again, similarly, (laughs) I work with, again, amazing women. So my e-course is there's three parts to it, but at the beginning, foundational is preparing her for the pivot, whatever the pivot is, right? So especially when you're talking about middle-aged women, you're talking about black and brown women, the pivot could be, yo, I just lost my job because of 2020. The pivot is my husband just walked out on me or the divorce is final. The pivot is I need to reposition myself because there's no more income coming in here and I need to dip. The pivot is it's time for me to do something that fulfills me. So at the end of the day, I am talking about women, about options, helping them uncover the options because options lead to liberation and in liberation, we find freedom. So I want them to diverge because in our educational systems, we've been taught to what converge. So I use my training as a disruptive lifestyle coach steeped in the science of good thinking, creativity to help them clarify. Because most times to your point, sis, we're solving the wrong problem. Mm -hmm. So helping them really pull back the layers and say, okay, what is your why? Because when you know your why, nothing and no one can corrupt that. And just giving them the strength to increase their, what confidence to activate their courage so they can manage that pivot so they can reignite their dreams to narrate their story because everyone has a story to tell, but only the liberated narrate theirs. You guys don't see all of the, all of the dancing, <laughs> all the testifying and signifying. Well, girl, girl, girl. So, so, so let me ask you a question. Cause I, I, I really want this to be a conversation between two women whom I respect and to see similarities for all the reasons that I've just shared, one of the common themes that you guys have helped me articulate between you is this idea of, of liberation. And I, I have just recently gotten into this DEI space as a facilitator, as a trainer, right? So I, I've, I've done a lot of research and, 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 and studying so that I can show up with something legitimate to say beyond my personal experiences. But you, both of you, you've been studying this. Not only have you lived this, you've been studying this. You've, you, you both are, are authors around this space of liberation. L- let's have a conversation about what is liberation from your standpoint? Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone has their own understanding as to what it means to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I, can, I can talk for a good hour about what it means to me. But what does it mean to the two of you? Because liberation for the longest Tamara, I think probably still that's that's part of your email address. It right? Is. It's <laughs> like to get a hold of you, you've got to recognize liberation. <laughs> Have that conversation. How would you define liberation in today's society? 
You know, I talked a lot about this internally with my team because so many people, to your point, Galen, define liberation in so many different ways. Liberation is much like love. You feel it before you can actually define it and put words to it. And it's such a such a loving, warm feeling and something that almost feels like it's out of reach and we want it so badly. It's so hard to put words to that because it's so emotionally charged. And when we're working with organizations, we invite them to really think about liberation as that state of interdependence where success is both defined and achieved by everyone, every member thriving, innovating, and experiencing belonging. So when I think about liberation, especially when we're working with Black women, something we say often is it's about thriving while leading boldly. So many people, you know, um, especially leaders, have done really well with resilience and Mm -hmm. pivoting, right? And, you know, working through obstacles and achieving great things. But would they say that they're thriving? Many times they're tired, they're exhausted, they've sacrificed maybe relationships or they've sacrificed their health. And so to me, liberation is about both the, the journey and the outcome. It's not about one or the other. It's about both and. So it's really about thriving, however you define thriving for you, however you experience joy and pleasure and mainly just authenticity. That's really what it's about. And then the innovate piece, especially in organizations. So there are so many cultures that we either intentionally or unintentionally create where, you know, the people within the organization feel really nervous to make mistakes or they feel like they have to show up a certain way, de-emphasize certain parts of their identity de-emphasize others, especially people of marginalized groups. And so liberation means that everyone has that freedom to make mistakes, to innovate, to bring talents to the table that have nothing to do with their actual title, right? They're bringing those talents and the fact that they're a middle child, grew up wherever they grew up, they're bringing all of that to the table and all of that is valued and there's space for it. And then they experience belonging peace is like, you know, you're able to really be who you are and you're able to just really feel that sense of this. Is, these are my people. You know, these are people who we may not agree on everything, but I still know that I belong. I still know that I'm valued. I still know that I have something to offer and that I'm going to be valued as a human being, not just by what I can produce. Right. And so there's this like feeling of freedom which is what Tamara was saying, like once you're liberated, you can actually experience freedom. And when you do that, work doesn't really feel like work. Relationships don't even really feel like work, (laughs) you know, because you're able to be your full self. But we're all responsible for bringing that energy and for setting the conditions for liberation to even, you know, occur in the first place. Tamara, what what, what would you add to that? Because I mean, just, she just uh, killed it. I mean, I mean <laughs> Shayna always shows up with such completeness. She does. Like, I was like, yeah, I love that. I guess my one cent, you know, to um, the beautiful tapestry that you just laid before us, um, Shayna would be knowing, doing, being. So when we're talking about the importance of going from a space of know something, do something, then be it. So in the space, the organic space that I share in this wonderful um, relationship with my scholars, what is it that you know for sure? Who are you and what do you know for sure? And then when you know something, 
you go to doing it in the practice. And in that practice, to your point, sis, I encourage them to be failure fanatics because if they're not failing, they're not succeeding. And that's the third step in my book, Liberation Now. And then once you have the freedom and someone's playing interference for you to fail forward and fail quickly, then you can what? Just be. You are not looking for outside validation, not even from your mom and your daddy. You know what it is that you're supposed to be doing because we all have something very specific that we must complete and it cannot be delegated to anybody else. Then when I'm talking about, again, going from knowing to doing to being in the space with the women that I am co-creators with, again, knowing that what happened to them is not their fault, but it is their responsibility to leverage the pain and the trauma. And when they leverage that pain, their trauma, then they too can go from knowing to doing, doing what it is that they've always wanted to do. Because as women, we have been invited by societal norms to forfeit our dreams, the things that really set our hearts on fire. But we've been told that our main cause to fame is to be somebody's husband and to take care of his snotty nosed kids to procreate. But understanding that, yes, although that's a space that I occupy in, it's not the only space. It's called intersectionality. Kimberly Crenshaw out of California. So it's saying when somebody asks you, well, do you identify as a woman or black? Baby, they cannot be separated. I am all of that and then some. Then that knowing to that doing that and then being being whoever it is that I'm wanting to be. So if I want to go outside and I want to wear a bra, I'm not going to wear a bra. Being, if I want to leave a six-figure position, I want to leave permanent appointment to follow my dreams, not chase my dreams because I'm not chasing anything because I'm standing in my truth, my authenticity, then I have all that I need to go about doing that. And then being means that I can stand in a space with my sister Shana and clap for her because I understand that it's a win-win because the way that we say it inside of our e-course, collaboration is the new competition. So those are my three. Okay, so let's (laughs) let's jump right into what I see as possibly the fear that a lot of people might hear or, or might have when they hear this. Uh, They see, wow, great for Black women, great for you ladies, but how does this impact me? And they don't really understand the benefits of everyone stepping into their space of liberation. So what do you you see as the benefit? Let's bring this back to an organization, Um, because a a lot of the clients that I speak with and work with, they are massive organizations. And they're asking me to come in and talk about DEI or talk about racial harmony, but they don't necessarily see the benefit. Mm. It's just a check the box. I'm going to be totally honest with you. It's just a check the box activity. What's the benefit to everyone feeling like they are free to be whoever they were created to be, whether it's women, whether it's, it's you know, any marginalized, pick a marginalized group. What's the benefit to the larger group for smaller, marginalized group members feeling free to belong? I'll say at the end of the day, it is ensuring that everyone who's a part of that organization and company agency 
has a seat at the table. So it's the difference between equity and equality. So Shane and I are invited to the party, but we can't dance like Susan and Karen. That's not what we're talking about, right? So that means we can dance as long as we want to dance. And we can, again, dance the songs that, again, represent us in our way. So when we're talking about the benefit. The benefit is this, being able to allow individuals, regardless of their social economic background, educational background, religion, sexual orientation, and all of the other isms and all of the other aspects to be their most creative selves. Because when we already know, first and foremost, when companies and agencies and organizations have women at the head of the table, guess what? They do better. They're more profitable, <laughs> right? And then when you have a diverse, and diversification is everything, it just isn't race. When you have a diverse workforce, you are able to come up with some of the most creative products and services to, again, feed your end user. I say this, the benefit is when we're able to eliminate self-imposed constraints to be authentic self, we can then do anything together because again, we're better together. I cannot agree more. And you know, something that so many of us, regardless of background, understand and have understood for years is that proximity is Mm. power. Mm. power. And so in organizations, when you're thinking about what does diversity have to do with the bottom line, the bottom line is you're trying to either deliver a service or a product to the masses, right? The masses are extremely diverse. And if you don't have a workforce that reflects who you're trying to serve, then what you produce is not going to at all be effective. It's not going to be useful. And so you have to make sure, to your point about the creativity piece, you have to have a diverse range of perspectives, of experiences, of backgrounds, so that you can come to creative solutions in the first place. You're just going to simply lose power, lose position, and lose profit if you don't get this right. And get played off your position, i.e. not in business. There you go. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.